fourfingerlakes1.com. I'm Josh Durso, and this is Inside the FLX. Welcome to part two of episode 192. In part one, you heard from Susan Savageo. In part two, you're going to hear from Rachel Weil. She's a relatively new face to local politics, even though she has been actively involved and ran for office in the last cycle. She is vying to fill an at-large seat on the Seneca County Board of Supervisors representing the town of Seneca Falls. And in part one, I explained how the town has three representatives at the county level and the relationship between those at-large reps and town supervisor. They have different functions, and both Weil and Savageau are challenging Republican incumbents. Paul Cronenwetter and Ralph Lott are running in November's election, and we hope to have them in studio before Election Day as well. In the meantime, though, enjoy my conversation with Rachel Wilde, the second Democrat running for one of the two at-large seats in the town of Seneca Falls. Okay, so, Rachel, thanks for being here. Um, a lot to talk about. A lot going on in Seneca Falls for a community so small. It yes. is a really politically active uh, active one. Um, why are you running for a uh, supervisor? Well, the thing I tell people when I'm joking is that I'm doing it because somebody has to. And this is what I mean by it. We have a lot of issues in Seneca Falls and Seneca County. And I believe that government, county government, can play an important role in addressing those issues. But in order for government to do that, we need to actually talk about the issues. We need to have debates. Voters need to be engaged and informed. And so I'm running in order to have the conversation. I think I do have some ideas that are different from the ideas that many people on the Board of Supervisors have, including my opponents. I want to get those ideas out and talk about them. And so my hope is that even if people don't agree with me 100% on everything, they appreciate the fact that I'm trying to talk about the issues and really start a conversation about what county government could be doing. Is it frustrating at all um, just seeing sort of the tone and tenor of debate over the last two to four years, how it has become a little more divisive and less um, substantive, given that it, it sounds like you, you want to bring some of the substance back to the, the conversations and the debates that are happening in Seneca Falls? Well. It is frustrating at the national level. At the same time, when I go knocking on people's doors, I find that I have really substantive conversations, mm -hmm. and it fascinates me to hear what people have to say. Sometimes they're sobering conversations, but I find that so many people are hard to categorize. They don't fall into a party line. And when you talk to folks here in Seneca Falls, um, what are, say, two or three of the top issues um, that that people are concerned about and they want to see elected officials in Seneca County um, start to address? Okay, a lot. well, there is Seneca Meadows, and what I would say about that is that there is a much more complex range of opinions on Seneca Meadows. It doesn't break down into a for or against. There are people who don't like it but don't know what we could do about it. And, and maybe this is, is the really important issue, there are, just, there are people who are worried about economic development. You know, I would say probably the single most important issue is how do we have a vibrant economy? How do we keep younger people 
in this community, where are the jobs going to come from? Because people understand that many businesses have left, the economy is changing, we can't keep doing what we did before. Um, so I would say that the single biggest issue is how do we have economic development? How do we do that without destroying the environment? Or do we have to destroy the environment? Do we have to make ourselves into an environmental sacrifice zone, as they call it, in order to have jobs? And then there's a range of opinions on that. So I'd say, how do we have development? Also, for certain categories of people, there are other questions. There are questions about housing, quality of housing, the deterioration of housing. There are issues about child care for parents of young kids. Where do I, where do I get child care? How can I afford child care? Which I think feeds into some of the workforce issues. And then for people who do work for the county, there are issues of salaries mm -hmm. and retention. And whenever we have this conversation, it seems to, um, when we have elected officials or employ, county employees or, or even some of the municipal folks who um, are, are living in these communities every day, it seems that the common thread is we have a bunch of issues and we don't have a full plan or there isn't mm. a full overarching plan to address them. Um, would that be a priority for you in terms of trying to get the County Board of Supervisors, uh, where you'd be serving, to, to sort of get on board with something that is a substantive plan that addresses everything, <laughs> or at least tries to have a conversation about it? Well, I <clears throat> definitely tries to have a conversation. I don't know how comprehensive I can be, but I can talk about my approach. And I call my approach economic development from the ground up. And I distinguish that from economic development from the top down, which I think has been the approach. So economic development from the top down is basically tax breaks, right? It is trying to attract businesses by giving them pilot agreements, payment in lieu of taxes. Ultimately, those tax breaks are paid for by the taxpayers. And that is a problem with them. My my. My belief is that in order for us to have economic development, Seneca County has to be a place where people want to live and people want to work. And there are many components to that. There's an infrastructure component. I mean, I think everybody at this point agrees we need broadband service, that somehow we have been left behind and that we really need to agitate to get broadband to all parts of the county. A second aspect is we need to straighten out our water and sewer situation. We have a complete mess with the county water and sewer districts. We can go into the weeds a little bit on that more, but that basically it is very hard to start a business here if you don't know who is maintaining, if you don't know whether you will be provided with water and sewer, what part of the cost is your responsibility, how the rates will be calculated, and if you are not confident that, say, the water treatment plants won't be found in violation of, won't be found um, in violation of DEC codes, because right now we have some water treatment plants that could be incurring fines because they have so many defects. I think things like that make it really hard to attract businesses. So I think we need to straighten out the water and sewer situation, infrastructure. I think we need to work on making sure that 
young families or people who come to work here can find good housing at affordable prices. We might also need to work on things like childcare. I know that there's been a public-private partnership to get something going between the county and Del Lago. I'm not exactly sure what the status of that is. It's, a, it's an idea I support, at least in principle, and I'd like to see more of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, because women make up part of the, well, parents make up part of the workforce. Um, so I think um, we need to make Seneca County an easier place to live in that respect. I also think we need to look at the environment. And that, I think, is a big line of division. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very hard to grow businesses in a place where people are afraid they don't have clean air and water. Mm -hmm. And so to me, environmental issues, not just Seneca Meadows, but also the HABs in the lake, mm -hmm. are something that we need to address as an economic issue, not just as a moral or ecological issue, although I think it's that too. So that would be part of my plan. And then finally, and this is the tricky one, I think we need more transparent, accountable, credible government. We can't really attract investment if people think that um, the Board of Supervisors has just blown their money on a building that turns out to need a $1 million roof, right? And we, mm -hmm. we had that experience. They bought the Bonadent building and it required a million dollar roof. We've had some interesting events with turnover and county personnel at the top levels, the departure of John Shepard, which I think doesn't do us any good when it comes to attracting businesses. So my overall plan is that we, um, oh, and finally I should talk about county services. I think that um, we could have better county services if we paid county workers more. Mm -hmm. We have a very high turnover rate. That was an issue two years ago that prompted me to run. When I talk to people who work for the county, it's still an issue. Um, I've met people who were offered jobs by the county at salaries that they found laughable, and so they didn't go to work for the county. So. Um, I feel that it is by addressing those issues, infrastructure, government credibility, environment, housing, education, which I think is good in Seneca Falls, so let's keep it that way, that we actually grow the economy, that we make this an attractive place to invest. And that's very different from just handing out tax breaks or inviting corporate bigwigs to a nice party. Uh, and I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the environmental uh, okay. issues that you, you pointed out. Do you ever get the sense when you're talking to voters that um, right or wrong, maybe the, the landfill issue in the environmental uh, category is overshadowing some other um, equally important issues? Like you mentioned HABs, obviously the carcinogens yeah. at, at the Seneca Army, the yeah. former Seneca Army Depot. Um, it, it, does it create this, this area where some folks are kind of blind to these other issues that really they should be paying attention to as well? Well, I think we need to pay attention to all the issues. <laughs> um, mostly, I, there's, <clears throat> when I talk to voters, I think there is frustration that the Seneca Meadows issue dominates our conversation and that uncertainty about Seneca Meadows 
makes it difficult to move forward. Now, you can get certainty in more than one way, right? You can get certainty by being certain that it will depart in 2025, or you can get certainty by being certain that there's nothing we can do about it and it's gonna stay forever, which is the feeling of many voters. So I think, Senate, so um, I agree with you that Seneca Meadows is not the only environmental issue. I do think it's a big one. And partly it's a big one because it's the one that's seen as affecting property values the most, people's mm -hmm. enjoyment of their property. I think it, that's a very personal thing to people. And so I think it's, so I do think it's a serious issue and I don't wanna downplay it. Mm -hmm. And I think also the issue that's frustrating voters is the uncertainty about it and perhaps the bitterness about it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to touch on another issue that yeah. sort of affects the, the folks who live along the lake. Yeah. Um, the county has at different times sort of thrown around the idea of, of uh, trying to regulate um, rental properties, Airbnb rental mm -hmm. properties yeah. better, more efficiently, effectively, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's not something that the county's really been able to get yeah. fully on board with. Um, we've seen other counties do it. We've seen other places do it. We've seen towns do it. Um, outside of Seneca County. Yeah. Is that something that, because it seems a little bit uh, split in terms of what people think. You have some folks who say, leave it alone, let it be. It's drawing people, it's drawing tourism dollars, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have the other side who are saying, you know, and I think this is also some folks who live in these these areas that are mm -hmm. susceptible to it saying, well, wait a second, it needs to be regulated. It needs There needs to be yeah. some sense of control here. Um, where do you sort of come down on that? And, and I'm curious if there's an element of let's let this play out a little bit before we start making any policy decisions, um, because it seems like even there, there's a split among the supervisors. Some think it's a, it's a crisis that needs to be addressed <laughs> this second, while others are, are more on the fence about it saying, well, wait a second let's get some information before we start making yeah. policy decisions. I'm going to be honest with you. This is an issue that I would need to become more informed about, perhaps mm -hmm. because I don't live on the lake. And mm -hmm. so I would want to hear more from people on the lake about where they perceive a crisis. I'm ready to hear them out on that. But that's, that's as far as I am now. Maybe we need more conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And when you... Uh, talk about or think about economic development. Yeah. Um, what does, because obviously the conversation always seems to start, whether you're talking about Seneca Falls, Waterloo, uh, in the downtown corridor. Um, what, yeah. is there too much emphasis put in that relatively small piece of real estate versus the town at large in terms of economic development and what kind of opportunities yeah. there are? I think we need to, to have a plan for economic development that isn't just about downtown businesses. Full disclosure, I am married to a downtown business owner. Um, and so I do care about the downtown. Seneca County is way bigger than the downtown and so is Seneca Falls. And traditionally that has not been where the bulk of our economic productivity has been. And so, yeah, I think that downtown is one, you know, we can, we can do wonderful things with downtown. I think we haven't really reached its full potential yet. Sometime, I hope we get one of those downtown, um, what are they, DRI? Um, downtown renovation yes. 
grants. <laughs> um, but no, I think we need to talk about industries. I am, you know, I am one of the people who is inspired at the national level by the Green New Deal idea, um, in the sense that I believe that if we were to stop throwing out garbage and instead recycle and instead create compostables, many of which are created with corn and soy and things that we grow here, if we were to have industries that actually were devoted to cleaning up the environment, we could provide jobs. That's one of the places that jobs could come. I think we can also develop jobs in social services, um, in education, in we need we need health workers and mental health workers and counselors and teachers. That's something, also you know that is also a sector of our economy that I'd like to grow. So I agree with you. An exclusive focus on the charms of downtown is not going to get us the economic development that everybody wants. But it is a piece of it. Mm -hmm. And. You mentioned the housing element, um, the housing challenge, yeah. um, whether you're talking about rental or, or home ownership. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that tends to pop up in most of the conversations uh, I have with folks when they come in is they'll, they'll talk about the opportunities in the community, but they won't acknowledge um, the, the shortcomings. I mean, when was the last time a housing development was, was built in Seneca Falls? Right. Um, you have to really, I think, go back to the early 90s or late 80s when, yeah. when that sort of tailed out. Um, what kind of, you know, when you say you want to see the county and not just in Seneca Falls, but across the county, want to see more focus on improving housing, yeah. what are some of the opportunities, or I guess what would be some of the benchmarks along the way, say two years from now, where, where the county and, and people who live here could say, oh, there was progress made here. Yeah. Well, one thing is that, you know, now we have a land bank and we have a number of properties that have a sign on them that says this is owned by the land bank and it's for sale. I haven't seen those sold yet. I think ideally I would like to see them sold at reasonable prices in good condition mm -hmm. to families. I think Many people talk about the most positive thing that's happened is the development, I guess it's entire, um, that Ithaca Neighborhood Housing Services mm -hmm. did, which seems to be high quality affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see some of that. Unfortunately, we also have some very low quality affordable housing here, probably housing that might be in, in violation of housing codes. I think we need better code enforcement. I would not, I think many urban planners talk about how if you want to have subsidized housing or affordable housing, you shouldn't build large housing developments. What you should do is find ways to integrate affordable housing into the community. And finally, I want to bring this up because this is something that a friend who's involved with um, Seneca Housing talked to me about. We could be doing a lot more with helping people to improve the housing that they have, make it help with insulation, help adjust housing so that disabled people can stay in their houses, build ramps and things like that. There are grants available for such things. I think we need, we probably need to bring on more people to write those grants. But funneling money to existing homeowners to help them make improvements in their houses is also a piece of this. 
You mentioned uh, the the code enforcement element yeah. of the housing, yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, we've seen this sort of this debate at the county level and among the supervisors themselves about whether code enforcement is too strict right. or not strict enough. And it seems to be that there's this this <laughs> in between. There's this gray yeah. area that that I think everyone wants code enforcement to be, but code enforcement is is really doing the state's bidding. So. What are some of the things that you would like to see, I guess, in terms of, of good code enforcement, complete code enforcement that, you know, helps businesses, gets them on the right path, and, you know, also addresses the things that, that yeah. you mentioned, you know, the, the, the issues around housing and low-quality yeah. housing? Um, I am not a housing expert, and so I'm not actually in a position to give you that many specifics. What I will say, I especially get upset when I think about children living in houses that are falling apart or that have mold um, that might be making people sick, giving them asthma, um, having vermin, not having enough heat, I think that at a certain point you need to bite the bullet and say um, children need to live in decent housing. Mm -hmm. So that's one. You know, the code, the, I mean, yeah, there's always an argument about loosening regulations in order to create a more business-friendly climate. There is a fear that landlords will not invest in housing if they feel that they actually have to achieve a certain code. There is a fear that businesses will not come to the community if they're regulated, right? It's essentially an anti-regulation argument. And I understand that argument, but I also think that sometimes it is the role of government to make sure that when the health and safety of people is at stake, standards are enforced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we talk about standards, one of the uh, items on the environmental side that's popped up over the last six months or so is again this debate around a solid waste plan, um, what mm -hmm. the county would do if the county would invest um, in that and move forward with it. Is this something that you, you think that the, you know, not just the county would be interested in doing, but from your perspective, have the, the grit and determination to <laughs> get it done? Because right. that seems to be the challenge at this point. Um, well, there's the, the scenario where Seneca Meadows closes and the scenario where Seneca Meadows doesn't close, right? If Seneca Meadows closes, which, or ceases to accept garbage, um, which is what local law three in Seneca Falls seems to be aiming at, then not only Seneca Falls, but every county and municipality in six states and Canada is gonna be scrambling mm -hmm. for what to do with their garbage. Um, <clears throat> in which case we will need to have a solid waste plan that involves very comprehensive recycling and composting and garbage will have to be handled differently at the statewide and national level. I actually kind of welcome that challenge, mm -hmm. but I understand it's daunting to people. Um, even if Seneca Meadows doesn't close, I feel there is so much more that we can and should be doing to produce less garbage. Mm -hmm. I There are countries in the world that don't produce much garbage, right? Sweden, Japan. I know that, um, Recycling is possible. Recycling of many things can be done much more cheaply than, than we do it. Sometimes it requires asking, asking the, um, do you call them the consumers, the producers, the, 
It, it requires asking people to actually sort out different plastics and different kinds of glass, mm -hmm. but that would enable us to recycle more cheaply. There are certain kinds of plastic products that we probably need to start make to stop things that we need to stop making and selling. We could compost much more effectively. And so whether, Sen you know, if Seneca Meadows closes, then waste management is going to become a huge challenge across the world. And if it doesn't close, I still think that we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to posterity to set an example and do the best we can. So, yeah, I would... I would support coming up with a solid waste management plan that has us producing as little garbage as possible. So, and this is one of the last questions I, yeah. I have for you. Um, fits into sort of all of the categories that we've talked about yeah. so far. How does a community like Seneca Falls or the community at large, Seneca County, get and retain young people? You work with young people every day. I do, I teach, and yeah. I, I have to imagine that you hear more than most people what they're looking for and what they want to see and and you sort of observe the trends yeah. so i'm curious what what needs to happen to see more change in communities like seneca county okay this is um the first thing that came to my mind is that young people want to feel hope and they want to feel that they're working towards something and making a difference and i think in um just like FDR said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I think one of our biggest problems is despair and resignation, that there are too many people here who think nothing is ever going to get better. We are stuck with what we have. And they give a big shrug, say Seneca Meadows is here to stay. I think young people want to be working on something. And so I think that if we were a county that was taking the lead, whether it's taking the lead in green energy or waste management or um, trying to address the opioid epidemic with creative solutions, and that's something we actually haven't talked about yet. Um, I think that the county mental health department is doing some really excellent things. Um, to try to get more money in for treatment, to try to find new ways to treat people, partnering with a chiropractic college. Um, if we take the lead, if we are at the forefront of addressing problems, I think people will want to come. I also think we need to protect the environment. I think that people would love to live in a county where there are clean lakes to swim in and water. Um, and I think we need more optimism. And I think the way you get optimism is by trying to rise to the challenges. Mm -hmm. So that's... Um, I want to follow up there since you mentioned it. Um, the mental health department, uh, the addiction uh, clinic uh, yeah. here in, in Seneca County, um, they have seen dramatic increases in use of their facilities yes. over the last two years. Um, I believe around 60% increase, if memory serves me correctly. Um, Director Morris has been on the program before. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm curious because if you look at county departments from the employee perspective, it seems like that would be one of the most overtasked and overworked <laughs> departments <laughs> in the county. Is, is there a point where, you know, Seneca County could reach in the next two to three years where they, they simply have to devote more resources to issues like uh, the opioid epidemic 
instead of just sort of treating it as a well we'll we'll get to it as it comes along sort of thing which seems to have been the approach among the board of supervisors over the last five to six years i think this is a place we need to invest first of all the people in the mental health department need a new building if you've ever been in that place on thurber drive um, they will tell you that no matter how excellent the work they do is, they're doing it in really crappy physical conditions. It's so not they a place a, you want to go. A new building. I mean, the exciting thing about some of the work mental health does is they can get reimbursed by the state, right? As long as we have grant writers who are, you know, um, upstate New York pays a disproportionate share of taxes, right, um, in relation to New York City. Nonetheless, um, New York State is way wealthier than we are, and one of the ways we reclaim that money is by treating is by um, treating people in ways we can get reimbursed. Right, so we get reimbursed by Medicaid. I think they've also been pretty successful at writing some grants to get money from the state, and we should definitely invest in helping them do that. Um, grant writing is something that people bring up a lot in a lot of different sectors, that if we actually have people writing and managing grants, we end up getting money back from the state that we put into it. But yeah, I, I think we need to invest. And I think that by investing, first of all, we will create some jobs. We will be bringing in we will be bringing professionals into the county. There are people who need jobs, right? Hillside closed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so social workers, psychologists, we've got them floating around looking for work. Um, I think we need treatment facilities here. Um, one I really good idea I've heard is having a sober house in Seneca Falls, you know, a place for people to go and live drug-free mm -hmm. right here in Seneca Falls or other places in Seneca County. So, yes, I think that it requires investment. <clears throat> it may require investment at the law enforcement end, but I think it requires investment in, at the treatment and prevention and counseling end. And my, my last question, um, two-parter. One, how can folks get in touch with you and learn more about your campaign? And then two, <laughs> what is the elevator pitch for that campaign? Because so many people are busy. They're working multiple jobs. They don't have time to dig into the issues like you, know, like you and I have here in this yeah. conversation. Um, so what are you telling folks as sort of that 30-second pitch to say, hey, this is what I want to do, and this is, this is why I would be a good representative on the county board? Okay, well, I have a four-part plan, um, which I list on the flyer I hand out. If people are lucky, I will come to their door. If not, they may get the flyer. Um, <clears throat> my platform is economic development from the ground up, transparent and accountable government, protecting our environment, and investing in people and county services. I think that's what Seneca County needs. The details are on my website, which is www.rachelweil4, with the numeral 4, SenecaCounty.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can probably find all of that just by Googling my name, Rachel It works. Weil. I've done it. Yay. <laughs> Rachel, thanks for coming in. Thanks for the time. Really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much for having me.
Hey, thanks for listening to part two of this two-part episode. Remember, if you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. It helps new listeners find the program and lets us know that you enjoy what we're doing. You can also download the FingerLakesOne.com app for the latest headlines, podcasts like this one, and breaking news notifications. And if you'd like to see a full list of archived episodes, visit InsideTheFLX.com. 